This podcast is presented by SoCalREN, the Southern California Regional Energy Network. We're a collection of local governments that come together to promote energy efficiency programs for residents, businesses, and public agencies. Welcome to Re-Energizing Communities, your connection to conversations about energy efficiency that can help you influence change at home, at work, and in your community. Thanks so much for joining us. In today's episode, our host, Julie Castro, talks with Marissa Crater, Executive Director of the San Gabriel Valley Council of Governments, or San Gabriel Valley COG. They'll discuss how the COG is leveraging knowledge of the local area, and a partnership with SoCalREN to bring energy efficiency to communities across the San Gabriel Valley. Let's get started. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. To get us started, can you tell me a little bit about your background and your role with the San Gabriel Valley COG? I have worked at the COG 15 years since I graduated from USC and master's in public policy. So I started as an analyst and then I became assistant to the executive director, then assistant executive director, then interim executive director, and then finally now I'm the executive director. And it's just incredible. I love so much of everything that we get to do. It's amazing to work at the regional level because we get to get involved in so many different areas. We do work related to energy efficiency, a whole bunch of other sustainability issues. We're also very actively involved in transportation. We are the only council of governments in LA County that has a construction authority. So if you drive through the San Gabriel Valley and you see any of the grade separations where the railroad crosses over or under a road, that's something that we do We're also currently working on the 5760 interchange. So the diamond of our golf course is closed right now due to us. We're going to be doing a lot of improvements there. The other huge area that we're involved in is homelessness and housing issues. We also operate a regional housing trust. So we can run the entire gamut of different issue areas and really get to solve problems. Cities will come to us with a challenge or a need, and we will take it on, work together, and figure out a solution. Can you give our listeners some background on the role that the St. Gabriel Valley COG has in the community? As a legal entity, we're a joint powers authority. That means we're actually a legally recognized local government agency. There's 31 cities that are part of the St. Gabriel Valley Council of Governments, and then three LA County Supervisorial Districts, and the St. Valley Water Districts are are, a joint member of our COGS. We work on different issues that serve the 2 million residents in the San Gabriel Valley. We have this role as a convener, a way to share information that's coming from the county or the state or to communicate city's concerns to those other agencies. We also do a lot of work on advocacy. Additionally, we do a lot related to implementation. That's what makes us unique from other council of governments. Our goal is always to be the model sub-regional agency in Southern California. We're doing that right now to try to provide regional leadership on issues that can help everybody that lives or works in the San Gabriel Valley. Currently, one of our big projects is doing the Regional Housing Trust, but we do all different types of things to kind of give you an idea is that cities are required to implement state legislation. So one is SB 743, which changes the way that cities have to assess the impact of a different development. 
It was challenging for cities. It was a, a just a different paradigm of how cities had to analyze development projects. We worked with them together to develop a plan and a regional model to assess the impact of those projects. And we have a mapping tool for that. We're continuing to help cities as they implement that new legislation. You mentioned all of the diverse stakeholders that the COG represents, you know, with so many unique interests, the San Gabriel Valley COG has a very impressive mission and vision, one valley, one voice. Can you tell us how you incorporate these values into your strategic planning and how they are adopted in programs like the Alameda Corridor East or ACE project each year? It's actually amazing timing that you asked that question because we're in the process of doing our three-year update to our strategic plan. We undertake that effort every couple of years to look at what our vision should be and what our short and long-term goals should be, and then how we can support those efforts on a a more specific level through our our budget and annual work plan. A few years ago, we had re-envisioned the purpose of our ACE project construction authority And that's what led us to undertaking the 5760 project. So that's just an example of how the strategic plan and the vision come into fruition through the work that we're doing is that modification of the role and expansion of the role of the ACE project. We go through a a variety of different input process through our committee structures. We have a transportation committee, a water committee, an energy environment committee, and a homelessness committee. Members are all elected officials. They also have three technical advisory committees covering public works, planning, and the city managers. So we get input from those different groups to develop a strategic plan that then goes through our board. Things that change over time is that we might add something new. So we added the idea of expanding into the area of homelessness a few years ago, and now we're actively engaged in that. An ongoing goal that we've had since I've been working at the COG has been related to environmental and sustainability issues. It's been wonderful to work in that area to try to support cities and initiatives related to energy, open space, and air quality. So we're always looking for new opportunities and activities that can support our strategic plan and really support our member agency. 2021 legislative priorities are very important to the San Gabriel Valley COG. Can you tell our listeners what objectives these policies have and how the goals are initiated? The strategic plan and the legislative priorities work hand in hand. The strategic plan and our mission really help guide what the legislative priorities become. We adopt those every year, and the idea is to address regulatory funding and structural challenges that our cities face. It helps us better advocate for our city. So on the local level, we're very involved with the county on trying to advocate for our cities to implement programs related to homelessness and that are tailored to the unique needs of our cities. On the state level, There's a number of issues that we're working on related to water quality and stormwater management. On the federal level, there's a whole host of issues that we're working on to secure funding for transportation priorities, kind of safety programs that we do related to our grade separations. They all work together related to each of those three different levels of government. They all feed into our different policy areas. When really huge accomplishment is a few years ago, we pursued state legislation to establish a Samer Valley Regional Housing Trust. That legislation was sponsored by Senator Rubio, and it was ultimately signed by the governor. So that led us to be able to set up our Regional Housing Trust as as a joint powers authority. It's going to be almost two years ago. That has been amazing. We're supporting the development of nearly a thousand affordable housing units in the Samer Valley we're working to open our first 
homeless shelter in the city of Baldwin Park, and it's going to be a, a tiny village with individual units, and it's going to serve 25 people experiencing homelessness. That ties back to the very real impact that state legislation that we pursued allowed us to set up an organization that was able to get funding to implement a real project that's opening in two weeks. It's really great to be able to work at all of those different levels and see how our legislative priorities tie in with the work that we're doing on the ground. Are there any other challenges or new opportunities that uh, can come out of these legislative priorities? I think it's two levels. So we work with our cities to try to shape legislation in a way that is most beneficial and most meets the needs of our cities. There may be legislation that the state is considering related to affordable housing funding programs, and we may pursue changes to that legislation that would help us actually implement programs in our region. On the flip side, we're also the implementers. Going back to the, the discussion we had on 743, we may advocate for legislation to be one way or the other or try to get a bill that does something. But at the end of the day, whatever legislation becomes law, we then help the cities implement it. So that's where they often come to us. A major issue right now is SB9, which changes some of the zoning and, and by right development for duplexes in, in single family neighborhoods. That bill was signed by the governor. So now cities are having to prepare to implement it. We took a position against that legislation, but then once it became law, it's also our responsibility to help our cities prepare to, when they have to implement it. So is one of your strategies to help the cities learn from each other and share best practices? Absolutely. We have those three technical advisory committees. Those department directors get to meet monthly and we may have presentations from a city. A city may have completed a general plan update and they will talk through. They might have implemented some type of zoning. They will go through how they did it, what the challenges were, how did they do their community outreach. That's a really great way to share information that's not formally attending a workshop, but being able to learn from each other, ask questions, if cities work on the challenges that they have related to state legislation, those technical advisory committees and working groups are the absolute best forum. It's also helpful for cities to share that information with each other to say, these are the challenges that we're facing, and this is my strategy of how I overcame it. In the last couple of years, St. Gabriel Valley Cog has joined the SoCal-REN program as a regional partner. So I'm wondering, what your experience has been working with the SoCal Rent Public Agency programs, the residential program, and the workforce education and training program? I've been working with the energy efficiency programs of the COG since I started in 2007. From the very first time we had a local government partnership with Southern California Edison, I was involved when we worked with the county to start setting up the SoCal Rent, and it has really been just such an amazing thing to see something that was an idea become a reality. Everyone in our office loves working with the staff at the SoCal Run because it really is designed to help cities better than any other program that we've done related to energy efficiency because it does have that knowledge of what challenges cities face and it's set up in a really practical and useful way. From the public agency programs, the work that we've done related to webinars, benchmarking and the project review meetings have been incredibly helpful. It will be a person's extra job to be the sustainability or energy efficiency person, and that may not be their background at all. To be able to have that support in 
understanding the results of an audit and have someone walk them through all of that. And then the different incentives that might be available. I don't know how to get together a bid package to get someone to do this work. All of that support in the public agency program side is incredibly helpful. And I've seen how something like a webinar or something we've done on benchmarking will spark a city to actually implement a project. I love doing work out in the community. So I think the residential programs are very exciting and very cool. I know that we have staff really involved in the multifamily program. There is so much opportunity there to get uh, property owners and contractors to make upgrades and it makes sense as a business decision. So my heart is always, always with homelessness and people in need. So we've also had a great experience working with the county on the Green Path Careers Program. And so that program specifically targets transition age youth, those at risk of or actually are homeless, to be able to get training related to an, a career in energy efficiencies. I'm really passionate about that. And it's been great. That was an idea that we had in our office. We're doing all this stuff on homelessness and we're doing all this stuff on energy efficiency. There's got to be a way to tie them together. It was just great to be able to work with SoCal Ren to actually make something out of that. We're excited about where we're going. I get to hear a lot about all the work that we're going to be doing on energy resiliency action plan updates. I was involved in the first iteration of that when I was an analyst and to see that coming all the way back to work updating all that is very exciting. I can't wait for the home energy assessment program to start up again. That a great way to make a really practical difference in people's lives. And it can be very overwhelming to an individual homeowner to understand what they should do. So to have staff give them advice, answer questions, it's just that very on the ground grassroots work that, that I love doing. I'm looking forward to our facility equipment inventory program because that's another one where we can get cities to start thinking strategically about the equipment that they have at their facilities and when they need to update it what's the advantages of doing that incorporating the idea of energy efficiency savings helping make the business case for certain upgrades does san gabriel valley cog plan to adopt other programs that the red will develop in the future we have been doing some work on kits for kids and we were talking about that at our staff meeting the other day having been a former teacher i love this and i wish that this existed when i was teaching first grade getting kids to do things is the way to get the parents to do them i have a 12 year old and she will come home and tell me well we need to do xyz this is an awesome program teachers will love it the students are the ones who are very motivated by incentives speaking as a parent i can tell you that is very true that was so fun and so exciting that we're going to be working on the kits for kids program we're also trying to get as much participation as we can from the cities and all the different programs that we have so what can other regional partners expect when working with socal ren it is one of the best absolutely true partnerships that we have on any program so it's not typical grantor grantee relationship it's not a regulatory relationship where someone's telling you what to do it really is a partnership where SoCal Ren is helping you achieve goals that you might have and giving you great ideas. I've never had a bad experience with anyone at SoCal Ren, and it's just been that support that cities need in order to implement projects. It's just a great way to get projects done, identify projects, everything that you might need. The Ren has thought of a tool that can help you with any type of technical assistance. 
I wish that there was a SoCal REN for other areas that we work on because, you know, sometimes the state will try to do technical assistance and just doesn't quite meet the needs of the cities. And I know that the intentions are good, but SoCal REN is an example where really was built from the bottom up with the input of cities and, and local agencies. It understands what needs cities have, what the gaps are, and, and really fills those. So it's just been wonderful. And I encourage everybody to try to participate to the extent that they can. Looking toward the future, how do you see San Gabriel Valley COG continuing to help achieve California's energy efficiency goals? Working with the REN, there is a lot of opportunity in the area of energy efficiency. I looked up what our partnership has saved, and I was floored that over 11 years, we've saved 24.4 million kilowatt hours and 168,000 therms. We want to keep doing what we're what, what we're doing. The stars are climbing right now in terms of the funding that's available through the state and hopefully the federal government to help support those goals. There's more opportunity to implement plans related to greenhouse gas emissions reduction goals. We want to keep serving as, as a lead agency for our cities to help make it as easy as possible for them to implement programs. Something we're doing that's really fun is our Singer Valley Energy Championship Award. That led 15 agencies, including 14 cities and one school district to receive awards. So we're really excited to tie this giant state goal that exists that seems possibly achievable and break it down to say, well, what's our part that we can do? And how can I recognize you as a city for doing your part? That's a great opportunity for the COG to play to help make a giant, huge state goal achievable at a local level. I want to reflect on everything that St. Gabriel Valley COG has accomplished and what new goals have been set for 2022 around energy efficiency policies and legislative priorities. Our goal continues to focus on making energy costs affordable and stabilized. We want to get cities to complete or update their greenhouse gas emissions inventories. I can't believe we're at the place of updating them, but that was one of my projects back in 2012. And so it's just incredible that we're at the 10 year mark there. Additionally, it's pretty exciting to be able to support the advancement of technology and incorporate what we can renewable energy efficiency programs. And then we just want to keep working with cities to get them to do their municipal energy projects. One of my favorite things to say about the COG cities is they're all snowflakes. They're different, but I love them all. They're all beautiful and wonderful. Some city might take on a huge energy efficiency retrofit program, or they might have a really unique residential program that we're supporting them at. But it's also great for a city to complete its first energy efficiency program or to do a benchmarking program. So we want to meet them where they're at and celebrate them. That's the motto of the COGS. We have a lot of opportunities across the gamut to help support our cities. Given that COP26, United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, is going on right now, are there any other climate change-related adaptation plans or initiatives that you're looking into? Another big part and a big paradigm shift in our region has been looking at more sustainable modes of transportation. We have been supporting cities in doing various active transportation projects that re-envision roads to make it easier for people to bike and walk. We're currently working to award funding to a large corridor project that's going to do a whole number of improvements to improve access for biking and walking and connections to transit. Another program that we're doing 
launching a regional bike share program, GoSGB. We're specifically trying to target transit dependent populations so that aren't able to afford a car or students, trying to get people to just think about different ways to travel to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. In terms of adaptation, bringing it back to the housing and homelessness issue, I think about it in two ways. One thing is that in dealing with our most vulnerable residents, we try to do as much as we can to make sure that they are protected. And that, that shows you how much climate change is real. It is not survivable for a person to be living unhoused in the Sangro Valley. The temperatures are too extreme. That's supporting the work that we do. And then trying to have as much affordable housing built as we can so that people are able to remain housed and live comfortably. Even though it's maybe not the way in which people think about sustainability, but that climate change has a very real impact, especially for the most vulnerable people. So we try to do as much work as we can to help those individuals remain comfortable and safe. Thank you so much for providing all of your insight today. We really appreciate you spending this time with us. Remember that reducing your energy use today means securing a safer, more affordable and sustainable tomorrow. For more information on energy efficiency opportunities that can help you save energy and money, visit SoCalREN.org or call 877-785-2237.